Massive show today. We're going to talk all about the latest in the Durham filing. Huge subpoenas going out for both the Clinton campaign and the DNC, plus releasing hundreds of emails with reporters throughout the media and Fusion GPS. But before we do that, I want to remind you guys that you, the Young Women's Leadership Summit is coming up June 2nd to 4th, Dallas, Texas. This is really shaping up to be a record-breaking event for young women and young conservative leaders in the country. Where do you get tickets? TPUSA.com, YWLS. You will hear from Alex Clark, Candace Owens, Governor Kristi Noem, Kaylee McEnany, Charlie Kirk, Erica Kirk, Laura Trump, Governor Sarah Palin, Dana Lash, Ali Stuckey, Congresswoman Kat Kamek, and Lila Rose. Incredible lineup. Make sure you get your tickets. TPUSA.com slash YWLS. And make sure you use promo code POSO for a great discount. Well, ladies and gentlemen, welcome aboard today's edition of Human Events Daily, powered by Turning Point USA. Today's April 26, 2022, Anno Domine. Today's headlines. Durham has subpoenaed the Clinton campaign, the DNC, and dropped hundreds of emails with members of the media. We're going to dig into this next. The Twitter board has accepted the billionaire buyout offer from Elon Musk. All the latest headlines and the wailing and gnashing of teeth. Third, a new video just released shows Alec Baldwin pointing his gun at the camera on the set of his film Rust. And finally, a federal judge is temporarily blocking the Biden administration from lifting Title 42 COVID border restrictions for migrants. All this and more head Human Events Daily. The biggest scandal was when they spied on my campaign. They spied on my campaign, Well, there's no real evidence of that. Of course there is. It's all over the place. Leslie, they spied on my campaign and they got caught. Can I say something? You know, this is 60 Minutes, and we can't put on things we can't verify. You won't put it on because it's bad for Biden. We can't put on things we can't verify. Leslie, they spied on my campaign. Well, we can't verify that. It's been totally verified. No. It's been, just go down and get the papers. They spied on my campaign, they got caught. No. And then they went much further than that, and they got caught. And you will see that, Leslie, and you know that, but you just don't want to put it on the air. No, as a matter of fact, I don't know that. Okay. Special Counsel Durham just filed a motion in response to the efforts of Hillary for America, Fusion GPS, and everyone else to keep secret their communications involving Fusion GPS. Technofog, of course, has it up on his substack. I don't know how many times I got to tell you this. You need to be reading Technofog. If you're not reading Technofog, you're doing it wrong. He don't post every day, but when he does post, he brings the receipts. And that's what we've got here specifically. This is massive. So what we're seeing now, and this is all about that Sussman case. So Sussman's going to trial over the allegation, right? The accusation, the indictment, the charge from Durham that he lied to the FBI about who he was working for. The fact is, he went to the FBI, tried to get them to launch this investigation of President Trump's campaign, but told them that he wasn't doing all of this, he wasn't spreading all of these false allegations because he was working for the Hillary campaign. No, 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 no. He told the FBI specifically in writing, and the last time we talked about this, we showed you that text message from Sussman, where he said in writing to James Baker, the general counsel of the FBI, that he was not working 
for any client when he did this, all right? Here's the problem. Not only was he working for the Clinton campaign and working with the DNC and working with this guy, Rodney Jaffa, he was doing a lot of work for them. And so that's what Durham is going to do. He's going to pile mountains and mountains of evidence to show the judge and show the jury in this case that obviously he was doing work. But what's interesting to us is because through the discovery process and what he's now releasing, right, which is in conjunction with that, he's getting access to all of the Fusion GPS emails. How is he getting access to the emails? Because he needs to look into what the scope of the work was. So because he's looking into the scope of the work, he's pulling together all the Fusion GPS emails, which also means, ladies and gentlemen, he is investigating. Finally, we have someone investigating Fusion GPS. And this indictment, this, this information right here, is so bombshell, so blockbuster, I'm even thinking we might have to do an entire special all about Durham because of what this shows. This shows you the actual behind-the-scenes information about how the media works. You've got emails here from Franklin Foer. He was at the Slate at the time. Now he's at Atlantic. You've got Wall Street Journal. You've got the Washington Post. You've got all, uh, believe me, tons and tons of emails with New York Times, ABC, the rest of it. Here's what they're doing. They're getting the story from Fusion GPS and they're shopping it around. They're shopping the story around to all their buddies in media. These people aren't investigators. They're regurgitators. They're people who are getting this false information from Fusion GPS. And this is where it starts. These little emails, these little pings. Hey, buddy. Hey, buddy. Just heard something bad about, about Trump and Russia. Hey, hey, there's this, there's this document. Might be coming. We got some spies. Big time stuff. His name's Chris Steele. Can't wait to see it. That's how they were working it. And these media characters, these clowns, they just run with it. They straight up run with it. And we know what they did. We know that they took this information and they they didn't vet it. They didn't do any work. You know, at one point, a guy at the Washington Post says, well, you know, I've got a source in Moscow that says, well, this, this stuff is all BS. It's not real. But they ended up running the story anyway. This shows you that all of corporate media is a house of cards. This shows you what journalism is in America today. They got the documents. They got a story and a narrative that fit their preconceived biases, and they decided to run with it, every single one of them. Almost every day, we hear about another major corporation that has gone woke tormenting their employees with leftist propaganda and funding organizations who seem to hate this country, traditional values, and the Constitution. Of course, we know that's going on with a lot of these employees at Twitter, who may pretty soon be former employees of Twitter. But I am proud to announce a partnership with Patriot Mobile, America's only Christian conservative cell phone provider. They offer the same great nationwide coverage as the major carriers, so you get the same great service plus the peace of mind that your money is supporting free speech, life, and liberty. Patriot Mobile has plans to fit any budget, and their 100% U.S.-based customer support team provides exceptional customer support. 
Patriot Mobile shares your values and supports organizations fighting for religious freedom, constitutional rights, sanctity of life, and our veteran first responder heroes. Go to PatriotMobile.com POSO and get free activation with offer code POSO. Veterans and first responders save even more, so make the switch today. It's time we support companies that love America, love you, and share your values. PatriotMobile.com POSO. PatriotMobile.com POSO. You own all of Twitter or Facebook or what have you. You don't have to explain yourself. You don't even have to be transparent. You could secretly ban one party's candidate or all of its candidates, all of its nominees, or you could just secretly turn down the reach of their stuff and turn up the reach of something else. And the rest of us might not even find out about it till after the election. Elon Musk says this is all to help people because he is just a free speech, philosophically clear, open-minded helper. Absolute breakdowns coming down on MSNBC. It's kind of amazing, by the way, if you actually listen to the things that Ari Melber is saying there, he's acting as if those things don't already exist. He's acting as if the New York Post story about Hunter Biden's laptop was not censored across all of social media in October of 2020. It was the great October surprise of 2020, right? This huge information, massive bombshell story and it was censored across all. So it was censored on Twitter and it was censored on Facebook. In fact, Andy Stone, this vice president over at Facebook, even tweeted at the time saying that Facebook would conduct an internal independent investigation and see if he would actually find what was going on. But they would limit the reach of the story until that point. Never once followed up on that. Never once investigated anything. I've still got copies, by the way. Andy Stone of Facebook of the hard drive. I'd be more than happy to give you a copy. The offer still stands, by the way, as it is. If anybody would like a copy from mainstream media, one of these outlets, Elon Musk, do you want a copy of the Hunter Biden hard drive? Because here's what's going to happen next, right? And yes, of course, it is a day for celebration. When someone does something like this and takes a stand for freedom of speech and is willing to put $44 billion on the line in order to do so, that is a world historic event. Look, Elon Musk was probably already going to be in the history books. Now he's definitely going to be there for all the things that he's doing, not just for Tesla, not just for SpaceX, but also for this. And will it be successful? That's the question. It will be successful if they actually let Elon Musk run the company as it should be run. Twitter could be very profitable. Um, that's never been one of the motives of the people. If you notice, Twitter ads are terrible. They don't work right. They don't let you sign up correctly. They don't tag people, you know, uh, the way they're supposed to. That's the way, you know, social media makes money is off of ads. You go on some of the other platforms, they work great. They work really, really well. They serve things up to you that are directly in line with your interests. Twitter's never done that. Why? Because Twitter, and I said this with Lou Dobbs yesterday, Twitter has been a censorship and disinformation distribution platform for the far left for a long time. Twitter has essentially been under occupation from Tumblr. Now, what was Tumblr? Tumblr was this like far fringy internet um, cesspool where a lot of these things like woke ideology and we talked about Glee and the fandoms and different things that inculcated this type of online social justice warrior that spread out and invaded and occupied 
the institution of Twitter, the company of Twitter. And now Jack Dorsey, very interestingly, had a thread where he was talking about how much he celebrated uh, Elon Musk taking over Twitter. And something that he said on there that really struck with me, he said, I think Twitter as an idea is good, but Twitter as a company doesn't work. So what does that mean? He said, Twitter is the closest thing that we have to social consciousness uh, or shared consciousness because Twitter is just this open, universal sandbox. But he's also talked, and I said this again, I've been saying this a lot, I said it with Navarro, I said it with Dobbs, that Twitter should be open source. It should be a protocol. What does that mean? Well, think about it. Text messaging is a protocol, right? The internet in general, communications in general are protocols. So if I've got a Verizon phone and someone else has T-Mobile, or if I have an iPhone and my friend has a Samsung, we can still communicate because we have shared protocols with which to communicate, right? That's just the protocol. That doesn't control anything about the content, right? You can send what you send and across platforms. So if you break Twitter up as a protocol and think of it as a service with a protocol, right? Go with me on this. Then all of these other social media platforms out there, whether it be uh, Getter, whether it be Truth Social, they can exist. And if you don't want to sign up for the Twitter service, you don't have to. Then you can go over to Getter if you like that one better. You can go to Truth Social if you like that one better. You can be there, but still be able to communicate. This is key. Communicate with people on Twitter, and people on Twitter would be able to communicate back with you using it as a protocol then how would these companies exist? Well, it would be based on advertisers, based on ad revenue, the same way that most media works, right? The simple as that. That's where the actual direction of this stuff should go. And so I applaud the fact that Dorsey's talking about that, but at the same time, for Mr. Musk, they are going to come after you. The regime is going to strike back. Do you think they are just going to let you have freedom of speech back. It ain't going to be that easy. They're going to look at SpaceX. They're going to look at Tesla. SEC is going to be involved, all the contracts, everything else. So pay attention and get ready because they are about to go to battle. It was a very tight shot. Okay. The shot was here. Of me, not of me. It's of me pulling the gun slowly. So they turn cock. Okay. And she's right there vulnerable in a position she wouldn't ordinarily be if we were shooting, and, she, and this thing, boom, she hits the ground. Alec Baldwin, back in the news. And so we've got new footage that's been released from the Santa Fe Sheriff's Office regarding this case, the shooting death of Helena Hutchins, the cinematographer on his film, Rust. By the way, this happened all the way back in October. So it's been almost six months now since this has happened. No charges yet on Mr. Baldwin. So what we've got is a little piece of the video from that interview. Only about a minute 47 has been released that we've seen. And so what human events, we're, we're attempting to reach out to the sheriff's office to see if they'll actually release to us the entire video. I want to see the whole thing. I want to hear every word that Alec Baldwin had to say early on in this clip. And uh, the, what we've seen so far, he's rambling. He's talking about Jason Lee. He's talking about wads. He's talking about all sorts of things, but we really want to drill down and see what he said because there's another video they released of him actually, I don't think it's the um, the shot 
where he's pointing it at her and then pulls the trigger and then it fires and then shoots her. But it's one of the pre-rehearsal test runs where you can see him holding his, you know, his hands on his chest, draws the revolver, aims it forward, fires the trigger. Now, he claims he's just cocking the handle, but you can see his finger is well within the trigger well there. You can see his finger is well within, and if he's cocking that handle and putting pressure on that trigger, guess what happens with some of these antique arms? That's going to fire the bullet. And obviously, a bullet was fired that struck and killed her, then passed through, and then struck one of the assistant producers, assistant directors that was standing behind her. It hit him in the shoulder, right? So that's the upward trajectory of the bullet. So we know what happened. The question is, why is this not been charged yet in the county of Santa Fe? And we know why. It's politics. It's politics and power. The fact that this guy has so many political connections and has so much power and influence and notoriety that there have not yet been voluntary or involuntary manslaughter charges placed upon Alec Baldwin. When you use an inherently dangerous instrument and go listen to Andrew Branca, the Law of Self-Defense blog, go read all of his legal analysis on this. This is literally the main thing, the only thing, really, that he practices law on. He focuses on people being shot. Was it self-defense? Was it criminal? What's the situation? And you pull up the statutes here. It does not matter under criminal law who loaded the gun. It matters who fired the gun. It's as simple as that. And when you pick up an inherently dangerous instrument and you use it in such a way that causes the death of another, that is why we have the manslaughter charge. Do we think, right? And now Tim Poole, remember, Tim's got his theory that it may have been intentional. Tim thought it may be intentional. And his theory was that because she was annoying him by asking him to, to do the scene over and over and over, and that he may have been getting frustrated and he may have been getting annoyed and that he may have pulled the trigger in an act of anger in a brief burst of, of that kind of, you know, that kind of anger directed towards her. And so, well, you would say, how can you say that? You know, we haven't seen the video yet, but remember, what do we do? And it's, it's very suspicious, by the way, the fact that we haven't seen the video. It's been six months, release the video. Show us, just show us the evidence, show us what happened. But you know that his lawyers are fighting as hard as possible to keep that under seal. But we know that Alec Baldwin lashes out at people. He has a history of doing this. He has a history of assaulting journalists. He has a history of attacking people, trying to take pictures with him. We know that he has this tendency to lash out. And we know what he's left, that voicemail, on his own daughter's um, answering machine. So we know. We know he has this history and he has this tendency. So all we're asking is, Show us the evidence. Show us the evidence of what happened that day, what happened in that moment. Did he intend to pull the trigger or did he pull the trigger accidentally or did he pull it in a moment of anger? We're only going to know that when we can actually look at the video and when a jury of 12 looks at it. This is why we have juries in this country. This is why we have trials. 
well, I'm just so sorry for Bishop Evans' family and his, and the rest of the National Guard. It's a real tragedy. Um, but it's really Joe Biden that is enabling this entire uh, disaster. He's the greatest friend of the cartels. He's actually king of the cartels and the best business partner they've ever had. Um, he is He's enabling the entire human and drug smuggling into the United States. And unfor unfortunately, the United States taxpayers are the ones paying for it. We just need a few Democrats that be courageous and step forward so we can pass it, make Title 42 permanent. So there you go. The White House blocked from taking down Title 42. But understand that even with Title 42 still in place, our border is a complete mess. It's absolutely unacceptable and no serious country would do this. Do you think China would allow their borders to be as porous as ours? Do you think Russia would allow people to do this to their borders? How about Iran, right? North Korea. You, you go, go try some of that stuff. Try sending 100,000 people per month across the borders in any one of those countries. See what happens. See how it goes for you. This isn't how serious countries operate. And there's a story this week that should be the number one story in the entire country, and that's Bishop Evans, Texas National Guard specialist, a soldier of this country, who signed up to serve the United States, and he saw a couple people in the Rio Grande River who needed help. And he went to go save them, and he lost his life in the process. We're told that it looks like he drowned. We also found out that the people that he was rescuing were drug smugglers. They were people smuggling narcotics, probably fentanyl. We know that's been going again and again, day after day on the border. This has gotten so bad and so out of control that we're losing people now on the border who are just there trying to do their jobs. The kind of people that will go in to save the life of a criminal drug smuggler, people like him are the type of people that we want to support in the United States, that we want to honor. These are the type of people that we should be doing everything we can as a society to get behind and to encourage and to reward and promote. That's a hero. But we're not. We're barely even talking about it. right? And they're blaming it on this and that and the other thing. No, it's your policies. It's this administration's policies that put him in that situation where he was forced to make that choice. You have to go back. You have to look at the prime mover in these situations. What was the first situation? The first was that because our borders are open the way they are, because our borders are so porous, because they don't care about actual security, you got people on the border, soldiers of the United States of America, leaving, losing their lives over this border. What serious country does that? What serious country allows this massive flood again and again and again? Now, this, this is a huge problem, and it's their problem, because they set it up from the start to be like this. And I think that every single member of Congress should be forced to ask up or down whether or not they support this situation that led to the death of this soldier.
And that's all the time we have today for Human Events Daily. Remember our promise, our oath, our solemn vow to you. Be good, be brief, be gone. Your homework for us. Share this out with one just one of your normie friends. And then leave us a five-star review, Apple, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. What do we talk about today? Durham subpoenas the Clinton campaign, the DNC, and dropping hundreds of media emails. Next, the Twitter board accepting the buyout from billionaire Elon Musk. Third, a new video released showing Alec Baldwin pointing the gun at the camera. And we know what happened afterwards. And finally, this federal judge temporarily blocking the Title 42 lift, keeping it in place as we lose a U.S. soldier on the border. But before we go, it's time for today's moment of history, the history break. 1986 today, the Chernobyl nuclear accident in the USSR today on the territory of Ukraine. Ladies and gentlemen, as always, you have my permission to lay ashore.